Kevin Markwick. Moses supposes his toes are roses, but Moses supposes erroneously. But Moses, he noses, his toes aren't roses, as Moses supposes his toes to be. Moses supposes his toes are roses, but Moses supposes erroneously. A Moses a Moses. A rose is a rose. A toes is a toes. Hoop-dee-doody-doodle.
Queens of the Stone Age, no one knows. Okay, here we go. The traditionally difficult 11th show. So here we are, Kevin Markwick back again. I can't keep apologising. Thanks to Adrian Corbin for the last two hours of soul-based grooviness. On tonight's show, music coming up from uh, Jack White, Daughter, Ryan Adams, Woody Guthrie, and Tame Impala, amongst many others. It's a good lot of music, actually, tonight. Film stuff from Nick Cave, Bob Dylan, and even Jimmy Durante. Bond at 50 reaches the final pair of Brosnans. Nice Brosnans. Cheney Kent will be along with that in about 40 minutes. And you, please, get in touch. That's not a request, that's an order. Studio at uckfieldfm.co.uk is the email address. You can hit me up on Twitter at Kevin Markwick. You can go online and uh, write rude notes to the back of my head on the webcam. I'm going to wear a backwards hat next week, I think. So, uh, please, enjoy yourself. I know I will. Here's David Byrne and St Vincent.
David Byrne and St Vincent who I you know that gets better every single time I hear it and uh, so does this uh, it's a big hit in our house this one That I wobbled in my walk and I'm trembling. That's right, you got me shaking. When you take me in your arms to talk romance, my heart stars are doing that St. Rita dance and I'm fancying. I'm shaking from the current LP Blunderbuss because I'm nervous. Uh, we're going to have to uh, take a break now to sell you things. When we come back, uh, I'm going to play you some Daughter, which is nice. Now is the time. Time for ice cream. Ice cream time. It's ice cream time with Lion's Mane. Ice cream time with Lion's Mane. Kevin Markwick. A warm welcome to you all. Hope you'll thoroughly enjoy our program.
minds are troubled by the emptiness. Destroy the middle, it's a waste of time. From the perfect start to the finish line. And if you're still breathing, you're the lucky ones. Cause most of us are heaving through corrupted lungs. Setting fire to our insides for fun. Collecting names of the lovers that went wrong. The lovers that went wrong. rather lovely isn't it it's daughter uh youth from the wild youth 
EP, which is out currently. Now, it seems to me, I don't know, it's funny how these things gain gain momentum, really. Uh, Richard Hawley's time seems to have come. Why is that, do you think? The, the last couple of albums have been absolutely fabulous, but the new one seems to have struck a chord. Um, and uh, this is the latest single from it. It's called Seek It, and it's just as damn marvellous as all the others. See 
Richard Hawley, uh, that's the latest single from what appears to be uh, his breakout album, uh, Standing at the Sky's Edge. Uh, I'm pretty sure uh, that's the case. Um, now, yeah, thank you, uh, Stephen uh, Sharp. He's listening because the Monday night badminton has been cancelled. It's really, really nice to know that we're high on your list of uh, priorities. Uh, what I'm going to do now is play you a track, uh, Ryan Adams' track, and then it'll be Bond at 50 with Cheney Kent. This is Lucianiga just smiled. About you now, 
I'll feel about you now I'll see you under your smiles and listen I'll see you around Lassianaga just smiled from Ryan Adams' 2001 album Gold. I've been trying to look up what exactly uh, the song means, really. Um, Lassianaga is a a big street uh, boulevard, Lassianaga in uh, Los Angeles, and I'm assuming it might have something to do with prostitutes on Lassianaga. I don't know. Uh, If anybody knows a definitive uh interpretation of that song perhaps you'd like to let me know but it's uh it's a it's a it's a lovely lovely song i'm not ryan adam's greatest fan but that one i really really like okay uh what's the time oh do you know for once in my life i'm a minute ahead um so i can witter on a bit longer uh, about bond at 50 which is coming up now with cheney we hit the last pair of brosnans before we move into um Daniel Craig territory. Oh, that means it's all coming to an end. Anyway, here we go. Hello. Well, here we are with Pierce Brosnan's tricky second sequel as 007. I think that The World Is Not Enough is, in fact, Brosnan's finest hour, managing a convincing obsession with Sophie Marceau's Electra, but at the same time a grudging realisation of his dependence on M. Judy Dench gets to go into the field in this unusual film, which also sees one of the best twists in the canon, a role reversal as shocking but familiar as that at the very end of the recent Batman film, The Dark Knight Rises. The World Is Not Enough is also Desmond Llewellyn's final excursion as Q, a moment written into the film with great elegance. You're not retiring anytime soon, are you? Now pay attention, 007. I've always tried to teach you two things. First, Never let them see you bleed. And the second? Always have an escape plan. Given that there's some rich acting in this film, it's a shame that it gets overcooked. Robert Carlyle's Renard is simply not believable as the almost mutant villain, given too much exposition to deliver. The action can also be rather studied. The latter sequences one at a caviar factory on a jetty clearly filmed in studio, 
and the final interminable submarine showdown are flat. The earlier fight in an underground bunker is more convincing. But the action sequence laurels go to that which opens the film on the River Thames. Maria Cucinotta is an assassin worth chasing after in an inventive and often comic chase from Vauxhall to Greenwich, cleverly underscored by David Arnold, before he segues into his own title song, performed by Garbage.
Disaster struck Pierce Brosnan's final Bond film, if only obliquely. Die Another Day is the first post-9-11 Bond, and it really struggles to keep up with the reality of the new global threat. In fairness, one of the film's strengths is that it starts where the world is not enough left off, with Bond's powerful but equivocal relationship with M. The unusual title sequence shows 007 tortured before moving on with a political exchange and a pitiless M debrief. The rest of the film doesn't really know where to put itself, especially as it is obliged to mark being the 20th film of the series, with a number of references culminating in Roger Moore's daughter in a cameo as a stewardess. Appropriately enough, an American is introduced as Bond's opposite number, but Halle Berry treats the film with B-movie disdain. She's not to blame. There's a staggering inventory of scientific implausibility in Die Another Day, from face grafting to an invisible car, all filmed in a brash music video style by director Lee Tamahori. One would imagine that, in a world where the suicide hijacking of a commercial plane has become a reality, then the writers would feel that the limits of action thriller fantasy had gone down with the World Trade Center. Madonna's punchy, angular club song is right for Tamahori's subsequent film, but that's no recommendation. The blameless Pierce Brosnan must have recognized that his stint had gone down in the wreckage. Goodbye. Let's go.
Madonna, Die Another Day, from uh, the James Bond film of the same name, of course. Uh, thank you, Cheney. That was uh, wonderful, as it always is. Uh, you're really down on that one, aren't you, on the Die Another Day thing? It was a bit silly, yes, it was. I kind of quite enjoyed it in an odd sort of way. I think, from an exhibitor's point of view, that's an interesting one, because uh, E.ON were kind of homeless at the time. MGM it's kind of boring really but they've been in financial trouble for years and they're the studio that bought United Artists who originally did the James Bond films and at that point there was no worldwide distributor of the Bond films and actually that's the only um, Fox put that one out which is uh, interesting in the UK. I don't know whether they had it uh, worldwide, but uh, 20th Century Fox put it out in the UK. And maybe that's reflected, you know, the fact they were a bit homeless and they've certainly got a grip on it since Sony have uh, been the official distributor. I think, did Sony buy MGM? I'm not sure they did, but uh, it seems to have all settled down. But that was kind of a homeless one and maybe maybe that shows. Okay, uh, what am I going to do for you now? Oh, I thought I'd play this. I can't tell you why. I was listening to it and I thought uh, maybe you'd quite like to hear it too. It's a very, very old recording of uh, Woody Guthrie playing uh, This this Land is uh, for You and Me. This land is your land and this land is my land From the California to the New York Island the redwood forest to the Gulf Stream waters This land was made for you and me As I went a-walking that ribbon of highway I saw above me that endless skyway Saw below me that golden valley This land was made for you and me and rambled and I followed my footsteps to the sparkling sands of her diamond deserts all around me a voice was sounding this land was made for you and me 
When the sun comes shining, then I was strolling, and the wheat fields waving, and the dust clouds rolling. The voice was chanting as the fog was lifting. This land was made for you and me. This land is your land, and this land is my land. From California to the New York Island, from Redwood Forest to the Gulf Stream waters, this land was made for you and me. When the sun comes shining, then I was strolling. Wheat fields waving, the dust clouds rolling, the voice coming chanting, and the fog was lifting. This land was made for you and me. Woody Guthrie, uh, This Land is Your Land, of course, is what it's uh, really called. Uh, there is a film connection, I guess, because Hal Ashby made a uh, rather interesting biopic of uh, Woody Guthrie with David Carradine called Bound for Glory in about 1978, I think. I'll check that. You may know different, OK? Uh, selling you stuff time. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Delicious things to eat. The popcorn can't be beat. The sparkling drinks are just dandy. The chocolate bars and the candy. So let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Kevin Markwick. 105 Uckfield FM. May we remind you that for the convenience of those patrons who prefer not to smoke, seating areas on the right-hand side of this auditorium have been designated as no-smoking areas. Your cooperation is appreciated. Okay, uh, taking us up to the news, I think. What we'll do is I've got a sort of mini double feature going here. Um, Sam Peckinpah made a rather brilliant Western in 1973 called uh, Pat Garrett and Billy the Kid with Chris Christopherson and James Coburn. And also starring... Uh, Bob Dylan, who didn't prove himself a particularly brilliant actor, but what he did do is write this classic for the soundtrack. Oh 
Knocking on Heaven's Door from Pat Garrett and Billy the Kid, Bob Dylan. So if we kind of zoom forward to 2007, Andrew uh, Dominic made an absolutely gloriously beautiful Western called The Assassination of Jesse James uh, by the coward Robert Ford. And it had beautiful music by Nick Cave.
Markwick. Ratchet, I'm happy to be back. We're happy to have you back, Randall. Thank you. Would you like to rest today, or would you like to join the group? Uh, oh, I'd love, love to join the group. I, I, I'd like, I'm proud to join the group. Eldred? How's it going, going back? Perfect, Billy boy, absolutely perfect. They uh, was giving me 10,000 watts a day, you know, and I'm hot to trot. Next woman takes me on is going to light up like a pinball machine and pay off in silver dollars. Capital B. You 
give me a shout You take it from me Oh Charlie, good show With a capital O It's tripping to go Hello Hello, hello, hello Hello, hello, hello Tweenies uh, enduring the blockheads from the second album. Um, do it yourself. Yes, do it yourself. That's what it was called. And it it didn't sell anything like as well as New Boots and Panties, which is a real shame because actually, in many musically, it's probably a better album. It was tighter. It was uh, it was wonderful. So, uh, but I don't think it yielded any hit records. Um, nope, don't think so. Well, you should check it out if you've not heard it because it's rather marvellous. Now, uh, coming up in the next hour, uh, we got the filmy stuff till the half hour, and then. Um, you know, including the double feature feature we've also got music in the last half hour from asteroid galaxy tour tame impala first aid kit tom waits beth orton and we're going to end with a rather beautiful track from leonard cohen now i haven't really i didn't really prepare anything for the next two tracks it was just that i was going through the books uh i have all the would you believe all of the numbers of all of the films we've shown since our family uh took the cinema uh, in upfield over in 1964 so occasionally when i'm feeling uh um a bit nostalgic i'll sit there and i'll just flick through the pages and some of the stuff that comes up is extraordinary and what it reminded me obviously is uh um i was how lucky i was as a kid to be able to see all these films in the cinema and one of the things that happened was films came round again and again and again and again there was no dvd they weren't really on television to speak of uh or video so you could replay films ad infinitum and the same titles kept coming up again and again and again so uh, and it always gives me a kind of warm fuzzy glow inside when i see these titles so i'm going to play you two tracks this is the first one uh i can't imagine the last time this was played on the radio it's jimmy durante get out of jalopy and polish the wheels she's gotta be the smallest of the automobile 
wash the paint white and clean off the rust. Dame, she Chelsea for dust. And when we arrive miles ahead of the rest, everyone will know that our jalopy is best. They'll have to admit she's a car you can trust. So it's not to call or but. Monte Carlo or Bust by um, Jimmy Durante from the film of the same name, 1968 I think, might be 67, I'll look that up before we go um, which was bonkers, it was just this daft bonkers film, uh, Tony Curtis uh, Susan Hampshire uh, Terry Thomas Eric Sykes, it seemed to be a thing in the mid 60s where they would put these um, you know, everybody in these films they were kind of European, mid-Atlantic films I guess, and they actually did, truthfully what they were trying to do with that one was recreate the success in uh, 62 or 3 of uh, those magnificent men in their flying machines which have been an enormous hit so uh, I mean was it a good film I don't know Dawlish Snowstoppers it just makes you smile really doesn't it and often um, we would play it with uh, the Italian job and this is you know this is a four hour double feature it would go on forever so what I thought I'd do is play you Matt Monroe's um, on days like these which uh, is right at the start of the Italian job when he's driving around those uh, uh, mountain roads in Italy in his Ferrari uh, wonderful stuff Questi giorni quando vieni il bel sole la 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 On days like these when skies are blue 
and fields are green. I look around and think about what might have been, and then I hear sweet music float around my head as I recall the many things we left unsaid. It's on days like these that I remember singing songs and drinking wine while your eyes played games with mine. On days like these, I wonder what became of you. Maybe today you're singing songs with someone new. I'd like to think you're walking by those willow trees, remembering the love we knew on days like these. It's on days like these that I remember singing songs and drinking wine while your eyes play games with mine. On days like these, I wonder what became of you. Maybe today you're singing songs with someone new. Questi giorni quando vieni il bel sole. Matt Monroe on Days Like These from uh, the Italian job in 1969, actually, as was Monte Carlo or Bust. So uh, two kind of car themed. I guess that's what he was thinking. I don't know. It's, uh, But, oh, that's wonderful. I think um, just thinking about the way in those days where they used to use proper anamorphic lenses and you would get that uh, unique look that Cinemascope had back in those days. OK, it's time for this now. And I'm, oh, hey, I've spoken far too much and I'm going to speak even more now. Double feature feature time. The inappropriately jingled thing that we do. Actually, I looked at some of Ben Hur on Blu-ray the other night. It looks amazing. I haven't seen it look that good ooh, for well since it was on film. It really does look quite something. You got a high def TV or a high def projector? I highly recommend you have a look. Camera six, uh, camera fifty-five, wasn't it? Anamorphic sixty-five millimeter negative. Is that too much information? 
Okay, tonight we're going to talk about Bob Fosse. Actually, born in 1927, Bob Fosse was a unique talent an actor, dancer, choreographer, and film director. Uh, as a young man, Fosse dreamed of being the new Fred Astaire, and after being discovered while performing in a double act with his first wife by Dean Martin, he got the break and moved into films. Uh, small parts in musical films followed, most notably in uh, Kiss Me Kate, where he played one of the suitors. A small section he choreographed and danced brought him to the attention of Broadway. Now, Fosse was reluctant to move back to New York and take on Broadway, but his hair was going, it was falling out, and uh, he wasn't going to get the parts um, that he thought he was going to get. So uh, he, he finally made the move back to New York, and he went on to choreograph some of the greatest Broadway shows ever, including The Pajama Game in 1954 and Damn Yankees in 1955. Um Fosse won the Tony Award, actually, for choreographing his new wife, Gwen Verdon, in the show Redhead in 1960, a show he also directed. It was at this point Fosse's unique jazz-style choreography would really emerge when he directed and choreographed the original Broadway productions of Sweet Charity and Chicago, both also featuring his wife, Verdon. Uh, Fosse echoed his hero Astaire's use of props such as bowler hats, canes, chairs, uh, and his trademark use of hats apparently uh, was down to his uh, self-consciousness. Um, Martin Gottfried, in his biography of Fosse, says his baldness was the reason that he wore hats, mm. and doubtless why he put hats on his dancers. Uh, he also used gloves because apparently he didn't like his hands, so he would put his dancers in gloves as well. I'd not, I'd not heard that until I, until uh, I looked at all this up for this section, which is uh, quite, uh, quite an interesting thing actually. Uh, Fosse moved into feature films in 1969, however, directing the film version of Sweet Charity, and that big spender routine remains fantastically hypnotic and thrilling however it was his next film that would bring out all of Fosse's trademark skills as a choreographer as well as underlining his mastery of both visual storytelling and his ability to direct actors the film was Cabaret in 1972 based on the musical by Kander and Ebb in turn based on the Berlin stories of Christopher Isherwood it went on to win eight Academy Awards including Best Director beating Francis Coppola and The Godfather for goodness sake which goes to show how bonkers awards are I mean how do you compare those two films it's just nonsense anyway it was uh, set between the wars in a decadent Berlin on the verge of Nazism Cabaret felt like something totally fresh and new um, actually I remember as a kid when we ran it it was a huge, huge success, um, and it was a, a musical with proper grown-up stories and themes, which was very unusual. It was also frank about sexuality, and the closing sequence is still one of the most chilling in any film, as the rousing, optimistic anthem, Tomorrow Belongs to Me, is slowly revealed as being sung by a Hitler youth. It was an enormous box office success, unusual for an ex-certificate film, uh, and it features a, a career-defining performance by Liza Minnelli as Sally Bowles, and an extraordinary performance which uh, also won an Oscar for Joel Grey as the MC. Welcome and bienvenue, welcome, fremde, étranger, stranger, glücklich zu sehen, just wie's enchanté, happy to see you. Welcome and bienvenue, welcome in cabaret, oh cabaret to cabaret. Meine Damen und Herren, mesdames et messieurs. 
messieurs, ladies and gentlemen. Comment ça va? Do you feel good? Ich bin euer Konferencier. I am your host und sage willkommen, bienvenue. Welcome in Cabaret, oh Cabaret, to Cabaret. Leave your troubles outside. So, life is disappointing. Forget it. In here, life is beautiful. The girls are beautiful. Even the orchestra is beautiful.
Joel Gray in the cast, uh, Cabaret, Willkommen. I took that off the soundtrack, actually, because it gives you a much, much better flavour of the film than the soundtrack album does. Uh, so that's why you had some background noises. But I think it, it better represents the film. Now, if you really want to see all of Bob Fosse, though, the film to see is uh, All That Jazz, made in 1979. It has to be one of the bravest and strangest films the Hollywood studio ever made, uh, I'm assuming by mistake. Um, not because it's a bad film, the opposite is true, it's quite brilliant, but because it's basically an expensive autobiography and a strangely self-fulfilling prophecy. Fosse based the story on his own attempts to direct the original Broadway Chicago and edit his film Lenny uh, simultaneously. Um, the central character Joe Gideon looks, dresses and talks exactly like Fosse. Um, there are pictures of the two men on set where they, they look like a mirror image. Uh, it's extraordinary. And this um, Joe Gideon uh, takes drugs and smokes too much. Um, and he's a womanizer. He's, he's, he's not really... But there's something about him, you know, which presumably was true of Fosse. It's clearly egotistical, but it is also funny and touching and probably the best film ever made about what it takes to put on a Broadway show. Not that we are given a triumphant ending. Oh, no. Although the film finishes with a big musical number, it all takes place in Gideon's mind as he dies from a heart attack, a condition that would claim Fosse himself in 1987. All through the film, Gideon stroke Fosse is told about his condition and he chooses to ignore it, continuing to work and drink and smoke and womanise. It must be the most elaborate and expensive suicide note ever constructed. What comes across, though, is that despite the doubt, the hard work, the pain and the selfishness, this is a man who lived life to the absolute full. The centrepiece of the film is the first unveiling of a new musical number to the show's producers. Uh, what started as an inoffensive, bland song about air travel is transformed into a writhing, barely contained sexual orgy by Gideon. Um, I haven't got time to play the whole lot, unfortunately, which is a shame because it's about 11 minutes long, but we'll do the first section. Um, and this whole, whole, whole sequence perfectly uh, encapsulates and represents that thing um, of how any artist is revealed by the work that they do.
Take off with us from all that jazz. It's actually at this point that uh, it turns into this uh, into erotica, this extraordinary sequence, up- upsetting all of the uh, the investors and the composer. Six, six, six. That's all he thinks about. Now Sinatra will never record it. Just extraordinary. Please, please go and find it if you've never seen it. It is an amazing film. Bob Fosse's All That Jazz from 1979. Now, aren't films just the greatest thing ever? Inv- I'm sorry, they are the single greatest thing ever invented, and I'll fight any man who says different. Something special. Really different. Tastes great. Frankie's spicy pork and beef sausage in a sesame seed roll. Topped with mustard, tomato or fruity sauce. Frankie's, the super hot dog. On sale at the kiosk now. Frankie's, from Lion. Kevin Markwick. See? 
Major Asteroid Galaxy Tour. Now, Joe suggests that um, the Saturn V may actually be a better invention than film. It's a close-run thing, I have to say. This is Tame Impala. Thank you. 
Tame Impala, uh, Elephant. Now, uh, I've got to squeeze all this in before the uh, top of the hour because there's some great stuff coming. Uh, so what I'm going to do... Oh, that was a mistake. Look, I went from Elephant to Wolf. This is uh, First Aid Kit. Wolf uh, first aid kit from the phenomenal 
uh, Lion's Raw album, which if you haven't got yet, then I suggest that you get up very early in the morning or you go online now and buy it properly. Uh, Beth Orton has got a new album coming out. Um, it's her first for six years, which is great news. It's out on October the 2nd. It's called Sugaring Season. And uh, any day now, they're going to release the first single, and it's called Magpie. <laughs> Watching the wild go by, I wonder, do you have a question why? Oh, crow, crow, I'm sitting here wondering why you know you've seen more of the day than I could dream. And I do not know what I tell you, I do not know what I say to you, I do not know why.
Well, I like it. I think it's rather wonderful. It's her first uh, stuff for six years since the last album, which was caught... Oh, really? It's gone out of my head. How annoying is that? And I'm a big Beth Orton fan. I can see the cover, but I can't remember what it was called. But it was a lovely album. And anyway, she's been off, had two children, come back, and that's the first single from Sugar Sugaring Season, which is released on October the 2nd. Uh, I actually believe the single was released at the same time. So, I think that's just about it, actually. I've had to eschew the Tom Waits. Run out of time. So I've had to put Nelson Riddle on instead. Non-sync classic... Thank you very, very, very much for joining me. It's been lovely. Please don't forget to get in touch uh, anytime, really, at Kevin Markwick on Twitter. You can email us, studio at upfieldfm.co.uk. I really want to know what you think. It's been nice, uh, a few of you emailing in tonight. Caroline, that's really lovely. Mr Joe, being cheeky. So next week we hit the last two bonds and then what we're going to do is uh, do a big finish. Cheney and I are getting together and we're going to do a big finish for the last show in this, this block that I'm doing. Which I will miss terribly, I have to say. But I won't inflict this music on you much longer. What I want to do is finish with some uh, Leonard Cohen. who played uh, Wembley Arena this weekend and it was apparently very good after changing venues from the Hot Barn in uh, Paddock Wood which seemed a bit mean to me if you bought tickets but there you go anyway please don't forget to tune in next week because uh, I'll miss you if you're not there and uh, and all those kind of DJ styly platitudes but it really is uh, important to me that you uh, let me know how you think the show's going and anything you'd like to hear actually any requests that would be quite good as well So, uh, Nelson's going to take us to uh, Leonard Cohen. And then the news. Night-night.
gathered safely in Lift me like an olive branch Be my homeward dove And dance me to the end of love Yeah, dance me to the end of love Let me see your beauty when the witnesses are gone Let me feel you moving like they do in Babylon Show me slowly what I only know the limits of And dance me to the end of love
Stand by for launching. It's Zoom with three new flavors. And free picture cards. Start collecting famous aircraft. There's a free card with every Zoom. On sale now.